As we go to First Peter, last week we saw that the, the call was to be humble, to, to know our place before the Lord. And we're just, I mean, we're a little speck compared to him, but that he does care for us. And, and when we're in that place of just being submissive, that he's going to work to bring us into whatever situation and place that we need to be. And we just trust him with that. And that's the greatest place to be is trust, is to trust, to be firm in that trust. And so it's interesting because he swings now into this interesting portion where today we're, we're still focusing on Jesus. I don't want to get away from Jesus, but we're going to do a lot of talking about Satan today. Satan today. And um, it's an interesting subject because there, uh, there, there, there's kind of different feelings that come up when we talk about Satan. Some, sometimes there's that like, there's that fear, but other times there's just kind of a laughing, well, he's just a, almost like a cartoon character. He can't get me. Um, but it's interesting because a lot of times in our life, we're, we're fearful of, of, of even little creatures. The other day, um, you know, I had, I had taken my shower and I got out and I was, I was getting dressed and stuff. And I looked in the mirror and I had this little, it looked like a mole. I was like, what in the world? And I looked at it and it was a tick. I had a tick right on my side. And so um, I, I told Katie about it and she couldn't sleep. I mean, ticks creep her out. You know, it's this little thing, you know, that was just like, ah. And then the other day... Uh, um, at our Bible study on Thursday morning, the, the, the ladies told me that now there's this new tick that if it bites you, you get infected and you're allergic to red meat. And I was like, oh, great. Like, I'm never going never gonna to enjoy steak again. So those little pests, I mean, we were, were creeped out by them. Katie couldn't sleep. And some of you, maybe it's not ticks. Maybe you've never had that experience yet. But some of you have heard about spiders. How many of you are scared of spiders? You've got a spider issue. I mean, little creatures. You'll see people like, ah, spiders. You see a wasp come by. I've seen uh, children playing out there and a wasp comes by and they flee from those things. So when we see some of those little things, little creatures with a little stinger or a little bite or it causes an infection, we flip out. Now, that's a little beast. Today, we're talking about a pretty big beast. And we dare not think that our enemy is lacking in power, lacking in his ability to be crafty, lacking in his viciousness to steal you away. Because Jesus said in John 10 that the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. That's his point in your life. And so it swings right from knowing our place, trusting God in that humility and that he cares for you into suddenly speaking about our adversary. He, we pick this up in first Peter chapter five, verse eight. He says, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, and that's another name for Silas, by Silvanus, a faithful brother, as I regard him, I've written briefly to you exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who's in Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings. And so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. So I, I did a quick read through there because there's, even though there's different things that seem like they're not connected at all, we're going to talk about the connectedness of that. And he, he started out saying this, be sober-minded. That's another way of, in your mind, be humble, know your place. And he says, be watchful, be alert. Now, for us, a lot of times when we say be alert because there's the devil, we know about that when things are dark. Okay, there's just something kind of, we know in a dark place 
that maybe we should be a little more watchful about something that's creepy and going to get us. Uh, just the other night, we had this episode happen at our house. Things were getting uh, dark, so it was time for bed. And uh, one little munchkin of ours, Naomi, decided to scare her brother. And so what did she do before Jude got into bed? She snuck into his bedroom and crawled underneath his bed. And just as the lights went out and just as the door was shutting and just as Jude was getting cozy in his dark covers, little Naomi comes crawling out and goes, boo! And Jude flipped, as you can imagine. So, you know, we kind of expect those things in the dark. And Naomi came out of that room and she decided to have another go at it. So she took one of our, our bed sheets and she put it on her head and she came to their doorway as this big ghost that was there to scare them in the dark. And I told Naomi, I said, okay, shh, hey, hold on. Mama's coming. You scare her. And so here comes Mama up the stairs, and here's this ghost that's covered. And, and Naomi took off, the, took off the sheet, and she didn't expect Mama to be there yet. And Mama freaked her out. <laughs> so it was really funny. It was, I mean, we expect that at the dark. You know, we expect ghosts and those types of things. But where we need to be sober-minded and alert is when it's daylight. Now, I'm not talking about just actual darkness and actual daylight. I'm talking about in Christianity when we think, you know what, this is an important part of my life I don't think he cares about. You know, if we have things and we're talking about demonic activity and that, we'd be like, ah. But when we're talking about having lunch, we don't really consider lunchtime. Of, what would the devil have? I don't need to be scared about the devil when I'm eating lunch. There's a book by C.S. Lewis, a, a great theologian last century in, uh, from Britain. He wrote this book called The Screwtape Letters. It's actually a kind of a novel. And what it is is a, a bunch of letters from a, a head demon to a, a, an underling demon. And the head demon is talking about this uh, atheist that he was trying to keep one time from um, knowing Jesus. And, and he talks about this one time where um, the atheist was in this um, library and he was he was just to have a, about to have a thought about the enemy who he thinks is Jesus. And just before he has that thought, the demon comes over and puts this little thought in that human's mind. Boy, I'm sure hungry for lunch. And the demon said it took that much. It took that little thing of, of, to remind him of something ordinary that could be more important than the extraordinary. And so that's what we need to be watching for. The devil's not stupid. The devil knows that there are times when we're like, oh, we got to watch out for him. It's the time that we're not expecting it, that we need to be sober and mindful and aware. Because this says it's not like he's coming like somebody who's just going to dust you up a little bit. He is a lion. He is prowling around. And it says his desire is to devour people. Let, let me read you, if, in case we don't have a, a full view of, of him, because it, it talked about him as a lion. But let me, I was just trying to remember all the things that it says about the devil, some of the descriptions of him, other names that it has for him. And I'm going to go to my notes for this, because as I begin to write, it took up almost my whole page. But here's, here, here we have the devil. He's described as Satan, which literally means adversary. He's the devil. He's a lion. He's a beast. He's a red dragon. He's the deceiver. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's a serpent. He's a tempter. His name is Lucifer, which comes from Daystar. He's a fallen cherub. He masquerades as an angel of light. He's the father of lies. He's Beelzebub. He's the prince of demons. He's the prince of the power of the air. He's a crafty creature. He's a schemer. He's a hunter with snares and traps. 
He's powerful. He has false signs and wonders. He does counterfeit miracles. He's in charge of the cosmic power over this present darkness. He's the angel of the bottomless pit. He's called Abaddon in Hebrew, which means destruction, and Apollyon in Greek, which means destroyer. He's the ruler of this world. He's the God of this world, lowercase g, God of this world. And he's the evil one. That's all the things that the scripture says. I may have even forgot. This is a pretty big list of how awful and destructive it is. Any of you want to be friends with him? Guess what? He doesn't want to be friends with you either. All those things are the, the, the character that he's described as in the scripture, as the one who's prowling around trying to get you. And, and the scripture says, be aware of these things. And so as we went on, because that, it told us in verse 9, resist him, standing firm in your faith. The question then, well, if we have such a big, ferocious lion, this beast, this dragon, this, this, this fallen cherub who's out to get us, how do we resist? We're like, what do we do? There's been all kinds of goofy stuff that has come up over the years about how to try to resist Satan. Some people with demonic activity have tried to, to just flare Jesus' name around. Um, like it's some type of spell casting out in Jesus' name. Now that can happen. It's, we see it in Scripture that people use the name of Jesus to cast out demons. He has authority in his name. But we also see in Scripture that when people just kind of flung that out there, that there was people who were abused by the demons and were leapt on by the demons and wounded and sent out naked. So it's not just flinging it around like that. How do we then resist? I remember visiting one church and I went in. It was a big old church. It was it was immense and it had all kinds of little nooks and crannies. And there was um, a lot of suspicion that there was a, a demonic satanic activity going on in the spiritual realm. And so somebody had gone in with this idea if they went around with a red can of paint. And they went around and just marked all over a lot of crosses and they would just take the red paint and mark crosses all over that. And you'd go around this church and you would just see all this these crazy marks and different things that if you just marked it up, that that would be enough to signify this place is protected. But I don't know about you, but I don't think the devil's scared of red paint. I don't think if we would have taken bulls or goats and actually had blood and smeared that around in crosses that, the, that Satan would look at that and say, I can't be here. I think what he's scared of is the blood of Jesus. Because in the scripture, it says that is the one thing by which the people of God have overcome, can, 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 can defeat Satan with. In the book of Revelation, speaking about the battle that's going on with Satan, this comes from chapter 12. Verse 10 says, now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, that's Satan, the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. Now, look what it says here. And they have conquered him. They have overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. The one way for you to resist Satan, to keep away from him and to have that strong faith. Is the blood of Jesus. And it also said by the word of their testimony. What is that? The gospel. The good news of the gospel has power. And so we trust in that. That's why it said when you resist him to stand firm in your faith. 
What does that mean but to believe that God still cares for you? When you're resisting Satan, it is the good news of Jesus that he's bought you and rescued you and delivered you from Satan, sin, and death, that he will help you. So know your place, be humble. And know right away when he says, now there's a battle going on with this satanic figure, this one who has a dominion and all kinds of things out to get you, worse than a tick, worse than a spider, worse than Naomi in a bedsheet. The one way to resist him is the blood of Jesus and the gospel. First John says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. As it goes on in this passage of first Peter, chapter five. It says that there's others around the world experiencing the same thing it goes on in verse 10 and says, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Again, he's trying to firm you up. He's trying to make sure you trust and believe that he's powerful enough, full enough to defend you from Satan and his schemes. And he goes on and he says this. This just seems like simple greetings in the passage. That's why I want to read it again. These aren't just throw-ins and throwaways. It says, By Sylvanus, a faithful brother, as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. So three times now in this passage, as he's talked about resisting the devil, he says, be firm in your faith that he's going to establish and confirm you. And now I have written these things about the grace of Jesus so that you will stand firm in it. You have to trust in Jesus. Believe that he's got you. That he has got you. In Ephesians chapter six, it, it puts more on this. You've probably heard this passage. It says in Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to, to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So Paul here in Ephesians says, hey, you know what? There's a battle going on. Put on the armor of God. And all those things talk about all that Christ has done to save us by salvation and also give us weaponry. His word. You see, you, you, you have a weapon with you to defend yourself against the lion. And I hear a lot nowadays about. Well, if there is a security breach, if there's something going on, I want to make sure I got my weapon on me. A lot of people carry their weapons on. you. You've got to conceal and carry and you do what you got to do with this. But when it comes to the devil, people are like, I guess I'll just make it by. 
The reality is, that's why we're learning this. Jesus, as the devil came to him and tempted him, every time the, temple, uh, the devil came against him, what did he use? The scriptures. He would quote the scriptures and say, that was his defense. He would go to battle with the scriptures. But most of us have left our swords at home in the closet because we're unwilling to continue to know the word of God. And yet it's by the blood of Jesus and this testimony of the gospel that we stand and firm against the devil. I know sometimes it's like, oh, man, I got to go to Bible study again. Oh, man, I got to go listen again to a teacher or a sermon or this or that. We should be preaching and learning from the word of God because this is a battle. We have an enemy that has more than a stinger. And he wants more than just give you some kind of disease against red meat. He desires to steal, kill, and destroy you. So stand firm in the Lord. We're going to go on to 2 Peter after this, and 2 Peter gets into a lot of, you know what, the Lord's coming back. Things are going to get ugly. We're coming to those days. And I know that there's a terrifying enemy that's getting ready for that battle. A big question for us is, are the people of God getting ready for that battle? Do we recognize that every day it's already going on? Sometimes it's just over lunch. What kind of tricks and schemes is the devil trying to do to get you pulled away from Jesus? Because that's really what it takes. His whole goal is to get you for at any moment to pull your eyes off of Jesus. At that moment, he's pulled you away from life. This morning, I just want to invite you to that opportunity to say, Lord, I just want to stand firm on you. The Lord, by his good grace, came and sacrificed himself for you. If you have called upon the name of Jesus for salvation, then you have put yourself wholly into his grip. And we need that constant reminder of, you know what? Today, I need to stand firm in Christ. Lord, help me to learn your word. Lord, help me to trust you each and every day. Help me to, as it talked about, acknowledge that other brothers and sisters are going into this battle too. And I think one of the things that helps us in the midst of that battle for ourselves to stay strong is in both 1 Peter and in Ephesians chapter 6, it said, be aware that the other brothers and sisters are undergoing battle too, so pray for them. Pray for them. And so maybe this morning you need a renewed commitment to studying the word of God, taking up your sword, but also praying and being in the midst of the battle and not just sitting on the sidelines waiting for lunch. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to just recognize that there is an enemy. This is a real battle. You tell us in the scripture that you do not want us to be unaware You don't want us to be unaware of how good and gracious you've been, but you also don't want us to be unaware of our enemy, unaware of what's coming in the days ahead. Lord, you want us to be sober minded. You want us to acknowledge that you have everything in control, but to 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 know that. There is a reality of. uh, Of an enemy, and so, Lord, today we pray that we would not fascinate about that enemy, we would acknowledge him, but that we would just resist him. That we wouldn't go about doing funny, silly spiritual warfare things, but that our spiritual warfare would simply be by the blood of Christ and the testimony of the gospel. Lord, the opportunity to pray for our brothers and sisters. And so, Lord, would you help us? Help us to stand firm in you that that line would not be able to drag us away from you. That that destruction would not come from us for a moment taking our eyes off of you. But that 
even when it seems like we shouldn't be scared at this moment, that, Lord, we would be aware. And so, Lord, continue to make us strong in the faith. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, as we close, we're going to talk about that one hope that we have. It's not in our own strength. It's not in anything else but upon Jesus. So if you would stand with me this morning, and if you want to come down and pray, you're welcome to. If you want to pray where you're at, you're welcome to. And if you see a brother or sister down here praying, um, please, please feel welcome to come and start praying for your brothers and sisters right now, um, that you would stand firm together in Jesus and, and, and who he is for us.